Hi, and welcome back to Radical Change Group. Well, it's been a while. Uh, we just try to count how long it's been since our last recording, and it's going to be close to a year and a half, or maybe even longer. So we are very, very happy to be back online. Um, well, the reason we've taken this, all this time off is we kind of been busy with our lives, <laughs> to say the least. Um, what? You got lives? Yes, we do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, imagine that. Um, uh, we also have have been um, playing with a fabulous topic for you, a fabulous new topic for you. It's taken us quite some time to and get our minds around it in a way that uh, we think will make sense uh, to you guys and will be interesting and uh, exciting. So, without further ado, I present our topic that will occupy us for the next few podcasts. It's biases, cognitive biases. So, um, what are biases, uh, you might ask? And uh, let me start with giving a definition. Um, well, it turns out that it's a little bit nebulous, so <laughs> we'll give several and, uh, to, for you to be able to frame your way around it. Um, the way I think about biases is that they are part of um, human neurology. Um, they kind of shortcuts in our thinking that help uh, simplify this enormous ocean of, of data, information is coming into us every moment, and, you know, our conscious mind is very small. We can't really handle all this ocean. So biases help simplify and pare down all this, all this ocean into a few nuggets of, of information and wisdom for the lucky ones uh, that we can then use in our everyday life. Uh, but it's only a definition, and uh, my colleagues uh, have a few others to add. Guys? Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I'm not actually sure if I can give a different definition. So, uh, uh, yeah, I, I agree that biases are basically, uh, I don't know, filters or some kind of uh, 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 a firewall, if you will, uh, uh, that prevents us from, uh, well, may, maybe a better analogy would be like uh, the uh, flood dams, you know, like you put a, a big dam that... Uh, uh, near the river and when it gets flooded with water the dam kind of holds but it might have a, a few little holes here and there uh and when you see the water start trickling you know that there's a huge flood going on out there right so uh that trickle of water is your indication that uh something is happening and but the the, the thing is uh the place where you put those holes to measure the water uh, biases you towards figuring out what's going on. So uh, if you put the holes in different places, you might notice different patterns there. Uh, so uh, I guess biases are kind of like that. So uh, if you know where uh, where your measurements are, right, where your information goes. I guess I'll stop at uh, this for now. Okay. <laughs> uh, so I think about this as preferences of being. 
and let me get into it a bit a little more, right? It's how we show up in the world and how we act in uh, in this uh, thing that we call life. So action is very, very expensive, right? So in order to make these expensive uh, investments, you want to make optimal uh, decisions along the way so that you make sure that the the actions that you take give you optimal results, right? And the optimal results are usually, the way I think about it is two things. And uh, these two things are, am I, am I surviving effectively, number one? And two, am I, am I leading a life of flow? That's the, way, that's the way I see it, right? So when you think about, when, when you think about uh, biases, it is the coding process, or it is, it is the actual code or the algorithm that helps me filter out all the noise that is out there in the system and pick out signals which allow me to survive effectively and or get into flow. So, so when I think about biases, it, it, it is that uh, algorithm that enables me to lead an exquisite life. So biases are these algorithms of thinking, these patterns of thinking, and uh, you might you, you might wonder, well, why do you care, right? Uh, well, the thing is that uh, there's quite a few of them, and in the future podcasts we will discuss uh, about about a dozen, give or take a few. Um, very specifically, we will go over each one, give you definitions, examples, etc. But for now, suffice to say that. Um, uh, these are kind of like unconscious programs, uh, algorithms that run in our minds, and they influence everything. Like literally everything you do, think, are, and um, if you ever care about changing anything in your life, uh, you got to change some of the things. Um, and of course, before you're able to change anything, you first have to become aware. So uh, that's the process we will, we will try to guide you through a bit in the future podcast as well, how to become aware and how to change these things. Yeah, if I may add, you know, I think, I think a lot of research in the past few years has gone into kind of uh, the nitty-gritty of all the biases we have. Uh, when I was uh, initially doing some uh, research on this, I'd found over 112 uh, different uh, biases. And these were all from different scientific, uh, uh, scientific journals and just psychologists observing how, uh, how people act or how people make uh, uh, decisions. But there's a big thing that we want to do here is not get lost in the details of, oh, let me learn these 112 uh, different biases. And then every time, uh, every time a new piece of uh, data comes in, I'm going to run through all these 112 <laughs> in order for me to do. I, if you're a robot, you might. But for humans, it's how Yeah. It's so it's not exactly going to look. Well, even a robot won't do it, right? A robot will have machine learning and it'll still hard, it'll start yeah. hard coding things yeah. that are most preference, right? Uh, but where I was going with it is it's we went from these 112 to about 55 and then like Armand said from 55 he said hey what we really want is these four different classes uh, of, or four different buckets of biases that we'll discuss and with plenty of examples but as we went about learning this right from August of last year we discovered that it's not about making distinctions around what these biases are but the process of actually bias making or the process of writing this code 
becoming aware of this code and then in then being able to introduce changes in this code so that you are then able to uh, get the signals that you seek in the system. Am I making sense, guys? God, it almost feels like NLP days, you know, programming and algorithm. Yeah, programming. meta programming. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, I, I think, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's hard to... I think NLP is a common language between us and no matter what we do and how much we move beyond it, it's kind of saying, oh, I've moved beyond the alphabets, but you still use alphabets when we write, you know? Yeah. 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 So there's another reason why, why, why learning biases is, is very important. Um, and the first one, as we mentioned, is so you are able to be effective at self-development, self-change, self-help. That's very important. The second reason, though, is um, that other people obviously have all these biases as well, maybe different proportions of them, different configurations of them. But these biases are uh, universal. Everybody has all of them uh, to some extent. Uh, moreover, it's not just other people, other friendly people, it's also other unfriendly people. <laughs> and in the unfriendly people group, you know, I would include not necessarily hostile, but like say, you know, you know, marketers, advertisers, you know, basically all sorts of folks who love influencing or even manipulating others into doing their own uh, bidding. So if you, if you want to uh, uh, not be uh, as, 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 well, as influenced <laughs> by by stuff out there, and, and then you really need to know how. What are your pressure points that are that are being pressed right now, so so so, so that you, you you become aware of it and 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 stop this happening. Well, putting it another way is uh, if you just take the example of uh, these manipulators or marketeers or salesmen, right? Uh, you are at the effect of the process that they go through. So what they are doing in many ways is they are running a program and you are the hardware on which this software begins to run. Now, if it is these external people who are running these programs on you, you are at the effect of it. But the moment you become conscious of how these programs are written, how they get introduced into your system... And uh, how, if it is getting hard coded, you you over overrun it or 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 introduce a pattern interrupt, then you start gaining a sense of uh, a self reliance and being able to choose whether this is a program, quote unquote, bias or a process of that is useful to me or not useful to me. And useful and not useful for me personally, I only think in two terms: does it help me survive effectively? And does it get me into flow? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, we've been talking a little bit on an abstract level. Uh, we want to give you a couple of examples. This is small, short examples for now. Again, we'll go into much more detail in later podcasts. But just to, you know, give out your appetite and also to give you more concrete uh, uh, information, we'll give you a couple of examples of biases uh, right now. Um, so, uh, the first one is uh, what's called illusion of control. That's illusion of control. All right. And um, uh, kind of the, the definition, so to speak, is, is, is uh, it's when people um, tend to overestimate their ability to control events. 
So uh, we have some fascinating examples of this. Um, I'll start with one, and then, um, uh, Sergey, perhaps you can continue. Um, you, you might be one of those people who is afraid of flying. You know, on airplanes, I mean. Uh, or I'm sure you you've know somebody who is. You know, it's kind of a common fear. So uh, people who are afraid of flying frequently do something like this. They believe that their behavior while flying influences the safety of the flight. So, for example, they might think that if I sit very still, the airplane is sure to fly safely and land safely. You know, or if I think good thoughts, you know, I'm sure the pilot will fly really well. I mean, it's obvious, you know, it's obvious nonsense, right? <laughs> However, when you're in the airplane, you know, like freaking out for your life, this seems very real, you know. You are, these people are, are, are basically, they, they, they believe that they're able to control things which they cannot possibly in, in this way. In, in other words, think about it as what, what, what does the person have to do in order to bring the system to stability or rest? Right. So if the person uh, if the person flying the airplane thinks if he thinks good thoughts, the flight will be OK. That is the process that the person has to follow in order so that the system is at rest. What I mean by the system is at rest is that, uh, you know, person X doesn't start freaking out and start running up and down the plane saying the plane's going to collapse. Uh, that is not an optimal result. Why? Because the person is trying to get from place A to place B. So again, I, I classify this in 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 the area of optimal, uh, uh, in effective survival, <laughs> where the illusion of control is: if I sit stable enough, I'm able to do this. Yeah, and, and I mean, just extending it to all kinds of things like uh, superstitions, right? I mean, just think about it. Uh, things like knock on wood, you know, broken mirror. Uh, I don't know. Uh, Bridal flowers, right? Uh, I mean, walking you can under a car, uh, walking under a, a a ladder brings bad luck. Yeah, uh, a black cat crosses a road in front of you, and like uh, some people take walks around the block, you know, just to not to continue. Shake walking. it off. Yeah, yeah. So um, uh, it's just like. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm sure you can come up with a ton of or, examples like that. Or, or on the contrary, where uh, you carry good luck charms or, you know, hammer a horseshoe on your door. Mm-hmm. Or um, you know, in my own homeland in India, where they put little statues of Ganesha in every car because he protects. Or here you see Jesus, Jesus uh, hanging in taxi cabs. Uh, mm-hmm. So these are, uh, these are uh, things that make that person feel okay and the system comes to kind of a stability stability so that they can operate so mm-hmm. that that is uh, that is an illusion of control what is really interesting is that these uh, these biases as you will see will uh, highlight this fact over and over again they universal um, meaning that they exist for all humans in all cultures, like like the, the superstitions, right? Every culture has them. Uh, some are some are like every some are very universal, like black cat. You know, uh, black cat is certainly uh, superstition is certainly true in 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 Russian, Armenian, American, Indian. Uh, these are the ones that I know well. You know and you know, probably a whole ton of other cultures. Yeah, and I own a black cat, so by extension, I control a lot of populations. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly. There we go. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> okay, so another example uh, of, of of a different kind of bias is uh, something called confirmation bias. Now, this one is even more universal than the illusion of control, if, if that's even possible. Oh, yeah. Um, and sometimes it's very annoying, too. <laughs> so uh, the definition of this is that uh, uh, we all tend to... Uh, sort out and throw out the information we disagree with. And uh, inversely, we tend to uh, uh, hear and accept the information we agree with. Now, I'll give you my example. Like, uh, I know uh, a person uh, uh, from my family uh, who, who, is, <laughs> who has the following interesting pattern. Um, uh, basically, whenever we have an argument um, uh, with opposite points of view, uh, he presents his, and then I present mine. However, um, uh, I present mine with arguments. However, uh, all the arguments I say uh, are ignored except those that support his hypothesis. I mean, it's, it's not at the point that he, you know, he, he, he's liking. Uh, you know, he, he uh, I don't know, uh, he disagrees with my arguments. He simply doesn't hear them. It's like, literally, it's like there is like, you know, there is a cardboard cutout that only allows the, the things that, that, or, that, 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 that he agrees with. Or, or like Sergey said, it's a firewall, right? If yeah, it, if it, if it, <laughs> it just, yeah. This, this bounces off. It's, it's like, it's, you know, it, it, which makes very hard, you know, makes debating very hard, right? Yeah. Uh, that's it. It's so, and, and Mayor has another great, great example. Yeah, before I get into my example, but I'd like <laughs> to say two things, right? I, I will get into that example. I know uh, Arman's waiting for my example. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, we agreed Sergey would present it, right? Oh, well, well, that's fine. Yeah, Sergey will present. But if I may add two things, right, uh, to what you said. Um, uh, a way to spot this particular confirmation bias is who do we call good people and who do we call bad people, Right. Generally, the people who tend to agree with us and agree with our values, we say, oh, this is, this is a good person, right? And if somebody has a opposing set of beliefs and values or ways of being in the world, our fear of it makes them quote-unquote bad. That's the first point. And second, uh, why does the firewall operate? Uh, it's an important thing to understand because if 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 – your family member, I think I know who you're talking about. If your family member hears this, if your family member hears this, he's going to have to reformat how he or she, uh, he or she thinks, correct? And that reformation essentially means they have to begin to question everything, right? And that is, a for some people, uh, it's just not even an option because it is expensive. And when I use the word expensive, I'm not talking about money, but it requires a very focused, uh, a very focused and very uh, nuanced uh, stance on it. And when when one particular big bias changes, it usually changes your worldviews. And many people are so married to their worldviews. The reason they're married to their worldviews is not because it's right or wrong, but it's that they've learned how to survive or they think they've learned how to survive well 
in mm-hmm. that particular world yeah those are the two things i wanted to add you know yeah in in some ways it's like uh you okay yeah it's exactly you learn how to survive in a particular situation and uh with when when uh when people are very much attached to uh their uh biases and uh, and often beliefs too uh it's it's like you you can't just change one It's like you you pull on a little string and it turns out it's a tail of a huge elephant that you have to clean up now. Uh so every it shakes up everything and now you don't have the same patterns, right? So you you open the floodgates. So and it totally washes you away. So uh that's here's goes your survival, right? So you now need to relearn how to live again. And that that's that's a huge price, right? You have yeah, to Yeah, I mean it I I agree and if I may just take that one step further, right? Because when when these world views are changed what really changes is uh is the primary myth that is running your life so so mm-hmm. think about it this way guys your primary myth is the uh the meta bias that you have right that is mm-hmm. uh, that is essentially the and i'm just making that word up meta bias but it's essentially <laughs> it's essentially the meta bias that you have when one of the foundations of it is tweaked there's no way to just change that one particular bias without changing the overarching myth so 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 what does a change in your myth personal myth do it changes how you show up in life how you show up in life what your ruling values are right who do you associate with who do you not associate with if you want to understand the importance of this go, go listen to our podcast on adaptive intelligences right mm-hmm. that as you progress each each of the levels in the graves each of the graves level has a predominant myth for example level 4 it's all about law and order right structured law and order that's a very particular myth uh, level 5 is all about hey um be the entrepreneur be get the most of everything in life right and level 6 for example is oh the community is what matters now any time you're progressing from one to the other or if 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 i take away the the foundational leg of law and order where i say hey just having one religion could be dangerous and that's not the only way to live and and there are multiple ways of being it's it's not that i can just take your biases about religion out without changing your world view So that's that's what uh, I'm just getting a little more into what uh, Sergey was alluding to. Mm-hmm. So you guys, uh, you want you want to bring up your example? <laughs> oh, oh, which one? Confirmation bias? I thought yeah. you were going to you were going to lead and try to be unbiased. <laughs> I, 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 I think it's I think I'm better off actually being the observer and commenting <laughs> on it from observer standpoint because. <laughs> Well, you'll, uh, I guess for the listeners, you'll find out why pretty quickly. Okay. So, <laughs> so we, took, we, we picked a very polarizing confirmation bias here. And the polarizing, we're seeing uh, my home country here sharply divided between it. Our home country at the moment being the United States. <laughs> uh, 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 and, and it also divides... Uh, me from one of my best friends here arman right we stand on opposing sides of this and and that is gun control right so um so uh the confirmation bias here is uh, arman seems to keep thinking in a very flawed way of course that <laughs> 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 uh, uh, taking guns away from people uh uh makes for a safer society and uh 
all his arguments uh, are founded from that particular perspective. And from where he sits, he thinks I have really flawed thinking uh, in that I believe in the right to bear arms. And uh, it's, it's, a fundamental, it's a fundamental right that we must exercise if you value your life. There is no, there is no freedom to life if you don't have freedom from life for yourself and the others. So uh, what this confirmation bias does here is, if, you, if you're watching the uh, U.S. presidential debates, is the country is sharply divided uh, and uh, very much along the Republican and Democrat uh, line. And this is one of the few things I agree with the Republicans on. And, uh, but it's, it's a big enough issue that I might vote that way. I can't believe I'm saying that, but yes, it's that big of an issue. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so, 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 what is the data that I sought for? I sought for data that shows, uh, hey, look at the look at the United Kingdom, look at Australia, look at France, look at Chicago. All these places are gun-free zones, right? And yet, you see the highest amount of murders and violence in these areas. I would argue that the Paris attacks would uh, would not have had the effect they had. Uh, were people allowed to the right to bear arms, the right to carry concealed weapons, right? Uh, but again, in, in uh, fact, that happened. There was there was an, an actual example where mafia guys were sitting in a cafe, and uh, I think it was a ACES guys or whoever you know the terrorists basically walked in and uh, with the assault rifles, and they got shot by the mafia. So everybody got saved. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah, it actually happened. I, I, over to you, over yeah. to you uh, Arman. Yeah. <laughs> well, so, uh, uh, you know, I'm not going to argue the, the, the opposite point. Uh, um, that's sort of not the point here. Um, I, I do want to highlight something. Now, that, uh, um, the fact that, you know, I believe, you know, that we should have gun control, and my Europe be- believes that we should not have gun control. Uh, hold on, l- let me just get this through. Yeah, and I'm oversimplifying. Obviously, you know there are, the, there are conditions and whatnot, right? Um, but this is a belief. Okay, <clears throat> this is an important point. We're talking about beliefs right now. Uh, however. Confirmation bias comes into the picture is when we start looking at the data, at the arguments, and looking at the same data, let's say at the same graph or at the same arguments, we get different information from it. I get confirmation for my belief, and Mayur gets confirmation for his belief. And, and that's purposely why I spoke for it, to show that even though we have the same data set, what I was sorting for is is where guns made it safe. And Arman, go ahead. This is, uh, this is a crucial distinction and, and uh, uh, something we actually struggled for, for some time as well. Uh, how biases are different from beliefs. Uh, and they, they very much are different. Uh, uh, beliefs are, are things about content, you know, gun control, no gun control, low-carb diet, high-fat diet, whatnot. Yeah. This is content stuff, right? Biases are about structure. Process, uh, yeah. Process, or uh, uh, in other way, they are algorithms that are in your mind, uh, uh, the generators, of beliefs. Beliefs is something that comes as the result of, of, of bias being applied to the, to, the, to the 
ocean of data to, to the dam of the of that, that's that's out there, and and then the result are the beliefs that you generate. Yeah, another another way another way to put it is we all have the same uh, objective data, if you will, or access potential access to the objective data, if you will. Right, uh, but that is all noise. If you just look at it in its pure form, it's all noise. The process of the process of uh, quote unquote coding these biases in right allows us to see certain signals. So even though the data is objective and nobody will have a complete view of that data, if you will, right? Uh, but the way the way. Karan has coded what he chooses to see as signal and what I have coded to, uh, to perceive what I see as signal uh, is completely different, even though the data set by itself is exactly the same. So, and, by, and by the way, Sergey is neutral on this belief. So he, he has yet another, another perspective, right, where he looks at the data and gets the third, third uh, perspective and, and confirmations of it as well. Yeah, I, I guess I I used to be divided over this. I mean, like one way or another, kind of swinging around. But uh, I I kind of lived in a world of data driven, you know, decisions for for a while. Uh, and uh, at this point, just looking at the data itself, it it doesn't seem to. Uh, I, I just before this podcast, uh, I I threw in a a, uh, a point that uh, you know countries that have. Uh, uh, stricter gun control seem to have fewer murders by uh, guns, but you know these guys totally threw me off. Like, no, it's like look at you know these countries. Uh, so the data doesn't confirm it apparently. Uh, so maybe there is no correlation after all, right? So maybe it's something else that needs to be changed, right? It's not about the guns; it's it's about people after all. Yeah, <laughs> so. the, the argument the argument has nothing to do with guns, yeah. but we purposely chose a polarizing topic uh-huh. to drive home a point, yeah. right? And mm-hmm. and 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 the point here is that we all we all have access, potential access to the same same data set or the same system, if you will, right? Mm-hmm. And the only thing we have control over or what little control that we have in the overarching system is how I choose to write the algorithm in order for me to in, uh, uh, interpret that data. If, you, if you're a tech geek, this is you writing a, a, a database query, if you will, right? <laughs> you, have, you, have a massive, you have a massive data set You've written a specific query, and the results that you get out of it uh, will conform to the limitations that you put in your query, right? It does not mean that the the report that you get represents all the data, right? It's just that this is this is the query that you wrote, and this is what you called forth. I would take it even further, like in, in my job, like in real life, right? I see this all the time. Like my job currently is all about writing queries and getting the data and you know, all that stuff right now. And uh, you would be amazed at the engineers, you know, like almost like scientists trying to make data-driven decisions by looking at the essential noise in the graph and saying, look at this little bump over here. It's like 5% of the noise level, right? But look, it goes down. So my change worked. 
I'm like, dude, this was like, it doesn't mean anything. But, you know. <laughs> Talk about confirmation bias. <laughs> yeah, that's like right there. <laughs> On a daily basis. I mean, I'm not kidding. <laughs> so, it's, and, yeah. And, 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 and exactly that same example, if you take it to a, a meta level, right, where you looked at the whole Enron scam, if you will, where a mm-hmm. few people manipulated how a data set was seen, not just with internally, but how the whole country saw that particular data set, it, it led to the collapse of one of the greatest, uh, one of the greatest companies, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can argue it whichever way, or it also led to the collapse of a once vibrant economy. So, so these biases, they can be leveraged. And if you are under its control, guess what? You're most likely going to be at the effect of it. So learning the process of uh, uh, why a particular output has come because uh, why a particular output has come is important to understand, which forces you to look at the series of micro decisions that you make in the algorithm in order to get that output. So beyond these uh, these couple of short examples, um, uh, in the future podcast, we will give you many more examples of, of, of biases and we'll talk through them and give uh, definitions. Uh, also, we will speak about how specifically you can become aware of the stuff in your head, the biases in your head, how you can go about changing them. Uh, I guess what I'm saying, what I'm truly saying that there's a lot of cool stuff coming up soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. In, in in terms of closing thoughts, if I may just uh, add one piece here, um, I, I I I want to extend this frame a little bit, right? Uh, and by default, we when we think about biases, uh, generally we think about it as only thinking patterns. And in many ways, when people think about thinking patterns, they think it's what's going on inside my head physically inside my head, right? And I want to extend this frame and say, hey, I want you guys to think about, you listeners, is to think about embodied cognition. And what I mean by embodied cognition is how are these decisions held in the body proper? And the mind is just a part of it, okay? The mind is um, the, mind is the software that runs on this hardware. You got, to, you, got to keep, uh, you got to keep thinking about embodied cognition because here's the thing, and and. I'm going to touch on something which is very raw for me, and uh, uh, I haven't shared much of this, but I will. Is is um, is for example, when you when you when you work with PTSD, it is not just a decision that happens in the mind. Your actual physical body goes through massive changes when you're moving between states of being at rest and being uh, very unstable if you will, right? Mm-hmm. And, and these are essentially, uh, essentially programs that enable you to survive that particular stress that the environment has put on you, right? So it's not, it's not something that I just freeze and it's something that runs in my mind and I'm just imagining this shit. I actually have a body-mind, I have a complete body-mind reaction to it. In other words, how I show up in the world actually changes, right? Mm-hmm. So when you do think about, when you do think about uh, uh, these cognitive uh, biases, don't think about it as just thinking styles, but also think about it 
as styles of how you show up in this world. And the programs that you write are written in the body-mind. That's what I wanted to say. That, that's a great point. Great point. Um, I think we have emphasized this over the years in pretty much all of our work, that the, the thinking... Uh, is not limited to the mushy stuff in your head, <laughs> but it's it's in your body, your whole body, and, and uh, probably even more than just your body, but it's also in your relationships and basically yes. the whole ecosystem. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, so yeah. don't certainly don't think of this as 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 a purely verbal or purely like rational process. It's much more than that. Yeah. And the re- Okay, sorry. Yeah, in, in fact, what, what I want to uh, emphasize, since you mentioned the language here, right, and rational thinking, uh, we've we also uh, discussed this uh, extensively, that biases apparently are like pre-language. They, they, pre-verbal, uh, yeah. Yeah, they're pre-verbal. They, they happen so fast, so automatic, that uh, there's no rational thinking involved in there. Uh, and uh, partly... So this is kind of a consequence of that is that uh, it's very difficult to talk about them because there's no language about them. Uh, and uh, we will uh, necessarily uh, end up talking about a bunch of examples, a bunch of beliefs, I guess, a bunch of specific situations uh, throughout the series uh, in order to kind of... Uh, uh, run them through those you know, algorithms, through those filters, right? and uh, show what comes out the other end so that you can get an idea of what those filters might be, right? So we can't really even describe those filters. There's, like, no real language about uh, to talk about them properly. So, yeah. So get ready for an onslaught of examples. So <laughs> we'll try to yeah. make it fun. Yeah, yeah. That, that's definitely one of the challenges, right? How, how we speak about things are preferable. Mm-hmm. But then we have for many years spoke about a lot of things that are verbal. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and when language doesn't exist, we'll just make some new up. We'll just make some noises. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, it's Hopefully. been great coming back with this podcast. And we can't wait to um, continue this series in the forthcoming months. Um, with that... Um, we have some final thoughts and they um, have a good night and thank you (laughs) have a wonderful day (laughs) may you be happy the copyright of this recording is owned by the radical change group and the individual contributors Permission to copy and distribute freely is granted, provided that the entire recording on this notice remain intact. Please visit us at www.radicalchangegroup.com. Your comments and feedback will be greatly appreciated.